Well, hello again. Happy happy Tuesday. I uh, took the day off yesterday after a fun graduation party on Sunday that just happened to involve a little extra tequila and decided eh, I'm going to take a broadcast day off on Monday. So here I am again on Tuesday, uh, ready to roll for sure. And uh, in today's newsletter, uh, I featured three different stories that give us a different uh, perspective, a different look. Uh, whereas right now we continue to hear that, particularly in the world of AI, uh, these pieces are negatively impacting jobs, and, and most certainly they are. Uh, but we do have a couple different uh, angles in here today in, in trying to look at uh, how we can look at this from the optimistic lens. And most importantly, though, always, what does this mean specifically for you uh, and your particular career? Um, if you're new, First off, welcome. I'm James Brower. I am a former school administrator, former uh, special education teacher, and uh, like many, as uh, the inception of artificial intelligence uh, really started to come to the forefront about two years ago, three years ago, I started uh, dabbling in these uh, various tools, particularly the early AI text to uh, image, text to video, text to voice, and uh, just started to realize like this is this is the future, but it left me with a lot of uncertainty. And I started to recognize uh, once November and December hit, uh, so many folks were scared and trying to make sense of what does this mean with regard to the future of work, the future of learning, the future of technology. Um, just where where do you go? And if you're in your 30s and 40s, I'm 43. Uh, it could also really start to shock you because generally for some, this is where in your career, you are playing it safe. Uh, you, you probably worked pretty dang hard in your twenties and thirties to, to get to your particular role, get to your particular company of choice. And then you start to continue to excel and then you're looking for promotion. But what we're seeing now particularly with AI, is that these industries have just been completely upended, and this is just the beginning. So then for many years, you're trying to figure out, well, now what do I do with the midlife portion? What do I do in my midlife 2.0, knowing that your career might actually come to a pretty abrupt halt? The answer, I believe, is we just have to stay on the leading edge, which is exactly why I built this brand in the newsletter and why I continue to share these particular stories. So if you're joining me today on Facebook, first off, uh, welcome and thank you. Um, you know, like most social media channels, I'm always reminded, Mel Robbins uh, put out a video and it just came across my feed again today, basically reminding us social media is not for our friends. It's not for our family members. I know we think that it is, but those are the folks that aren't using uh, and leveraging the tools properly. So uh, to those in my circle, I most certainly appreciate those that have stuck around. However, do know that this is actually the avenue I use for reach. And it's actually beyond those that I, I know best. And uh, it's the best platform to get the word on out there. So as a uh, family or friend, if uh, these topics don't uh, appeal to you, you kindly just keep on a scrolling by or hit the mute. And uh, know that this is uh, certainly for those that are uh, wanting to use this uh, information. I'm also live streaming today through uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, and also Twitter. And as I grow my TikTok channel, uh, that particular handle is Leading Edge Now. Once I hit a thousand, then I'll be able to start live streaming 
on there as well. So with that being said, let's uh, let's jump on into today's episode. I'm going to share my screen again for just a moment. And this was the uh, this was the original picture uh, thumbnail that I had used. Uh, by the way, if you have not used Midjourney, uh, there is a subscription uh, that that you could pay. I believe there's still a free option. I pay for the pro version so that I can get um, additional pictures. I think also a little bit quicker. But that's where all of my uh, images come from. Our Mid Journey, and then today I use Canva uh, as well on top of that with their AI embedded tools. So uh, I share all of that because I want to continue to show how AI can be used personally and professionally in so many different levels. And uh, these pieces should, you know, make our life so much more efficient and effective. And as we see how simple and easy it is to use these tools, the content that I continue to share about how we reskill, upskill, and integrate these skills into our current careers just show it's that much more important because if you don't, there will be millions of others that are. And then you're just left behind, plain and simple. So uh, that's my mission. That's that's why we're here. So today, yeah, it's AI apocalypse. Now or never. Your job, your choice. You know, it's your choice uh, deep down inside. I, and the key to remember: the last time I had uh, I broadcast this on Friday, I was reminding us that it's important to note that we are no longer spectators. We are the active participants in this area, and so I certainly encourage you to. Uh, be a part of uh, the process here. And as we continue to dig in, we look at the trends, we look at what the upcoming stories are. I pick one out from the future of work, the future of tech, and the future of learning. So with that being said, um, the first uh, the first story, you know, more or less came about just simply because, you know, just like any other morning, I, I have my routine, I have my coffee, I read the Wall Street Journal uh, paper edition, and uh, catch up on a couple different YouTube videos. And the one that I just continue to see and hear and was referenced today in The Guardian um, is talking about the looming concern of AI and will it, in fact, replace jobs or not. And in today's uh, particular article, and you could see the blurb here that I shared, um, they did indicate that, yeah, in fact, there are going to be jobs that continue to be impacted. Uh, particularly those that are relying on any task that is repetitive, specifically with regard to data entry, um, the basic decision-making skills, and the industrial end, particularly um, we see that on on a lot of tasks uh, being automated by actual robots or AI-trained robots. But we're talking other white-collar jobs here, which I hope has begun to get your attention by now. We are talking law banking and finance, uh, logistics, transportation, um, manufacturing. This is not just on the line in a factory or your marketing content writers or journals. We're talking these tools that do exist and that continue to become trained and smarter and made more efficient are going to be impacting white collar, I would argue, more so or initially as compared to the blue collar jobs. And interestingly, those white collar jobs are the ones that have always felt probably the most confident. They went to school, they felt uh, very secure because they had received a four year degree or other graduate levels, especially those with MBAs. 
uh, those that have received prestigious law degrees. And uh, depending on what actual task or role you entertain, there is a very good chance that AI is literally coming for your job. It's the strangest thing that I thought would have been decades out. And in fact, it's here. And so the idea, though, that AI replacing any one of our jobs obviously is intimidating because it is going to be it's going to be a change and, and a means to an end uh, for many of us. All my education friends, granted, the school year's not over. They're still in school. If they're in the brick and mortar world, they will continue to uh, focus on their teaching for those students present. I know many of them have not given the time and energy to artificial intelligence and to understand where this long game is going to go, but it is not going to be in the classroom, at least not the physical classroom. It's not. It's impossible for it to be. Um, that system, we can certainly believe will still be here, but that's not the future of learning. That won't be the future of education. It will have to change. It will have to morph into something that is going to finally catch up to today, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. So I feel so bad for so many of my educator friends who they have been trained to know how to teach, how to assess for learning, how to be pedagogical, but they're doing so and we're doing so in a way that is strictly within the confines of a brick and mortar classroom, which means that as the world starts to shift away from that, they're all left behind. It's just so unbelievably unfortunate. So naturally, um, that's our identity. That's our that's our purpose. That's that's why we did what we did and why we do what we do, even even when the job is tough and hard. And so, I mean, this is this is uneasy for a lot of folks, and it's definitely understandable. Uh, but we have to continue to have these conversations. And that's why I'm going to continue to make digital content around these topics simply because it is a reality. Now, the most important thing though, from this guardian article was that we cannot underscore that though there is a technological revolution underway, it doesn't necessarily have to equate to the fact that we're going to have unprecedented mass unemployment. It, that is not necessarily the case. This article gave a different perspective and reminded us that it is a powerful supplement to the role that we play as humans, especially if you're in a job that requires advanced and more complex decision-making skills, or a unique human touch. Going back to my educator friends, that's going to be the difference right there. If you're in a role within the education sector, because there's obviously not just classroom teachers, but any person that is in a role of teaching and learning, and this, I would argue that the corporate folks really are the ones that have to worry here, those in the learning and development. And I get it. They Many of them believe that they're unpenetrable and untouchable. Um, there are so many AI tools, countless at this point, that can do that person's job. 
So unless they're able to, when I say unique human touch, I don't just mean your writing style. We can uh, we can replicate that. We really can. I know people think it's not possible. It is possible. It is absolutely positively able to be done and is being done. So in any case within education, teaching, and learning, if you are in a more automated sense, that job is probably on the line for sure. You need to be a part of complex decision-making and have extremely unique human personal touch that needs to be a part of it. So educators, counselors, healthcare providers, even artists, in many more, you know, those are the roles that AI actually will help you. It's going to help automate the mundane and then give you even more leverage, more opportunity to hone in on those elements of your job that make you specialized for that job. And it gives you even further unique capabilities. So that I appreciated about this part of the article that we usually hear the doom and the gloom, which of course I even led off with in this broadcast here, but it has just, we have to remind ourselves that it doesn't necessarily have to mean massive unemployment and job loss. It is a reality of what is and has occurred, but we need to ensure that we lean into the positive elements of this so that you don't fall victim to that end and just continue to build up that tool belt for sure. So in essence, you know, this is something that as we continue to keep in the forefront of our thought, then we're not blind to this. And there are governmental agencies and there are definitely businesses and educational institutions, World Economic Forum as well. I mean, there's some folks that are, they're, they're trying to work on not just the conversation, but the training they're looking to create the proper policies. They're looking to create lifelong learning programs, various upskill initiatives to help us adapt to this AI-driven economy. World Economic Forum, particularly, um, they have different initiatives that they write about regularly, and uh, the notion of upskilling, reskilling is massive for them. They continue to remind us that millions upon millions of adults will need to be reskilled and upskilled in the coming uh, one to five years. For sure. It just has to happen because the economy and the markets are, in fact, shifting. And so the challenge that we now have for ourselves, particularly if you're in a managerial role, this is not, it's not in AI itself. It's going to be how do we manage the transition? How do we begin to develop the proper skills so that we are positioned, we're on the leading edge, and we're not left behind? And if you believe in equity, then the real question is how do we ensure that everybody, regardless of professional background, has that opportunity to benefit from these changes and can now thrive? Because what's very unfortunate is we continue, though, to have a K-12 education system that barely even talks about these skills, barely integrates computer sciences into the curriculum absolutely doesn't integrate technology the way that they could or should because they're still teaching the basically your prereqs and your gen ed requirements at a liberal arts and humanities level. Barely enough attention to this part of the world for sure. So we're going to be graduating students so far behind with an economy that's shifting in the next five years plus, And we've left them behind. 
I mean, just plain simple. So now what do we do? What do we do to ensure equity for our recent graduates in addition to those that are in the system right now? So if we look at this not as artificial intelligence being the tool to fear, but rather how do we harness it, leverage it, lean into it, we can start to make some very good decisions that are going to impact many, many, many more people to come. Now, also important to remember that when we do talk about artificial intelligence particularly, we have to remind ourselves this is not a one-size-fits-all. You know, Like I mentioned, it's not this big, scary robot or Terminator, at least not yet, come and take our job. It's a tool, and it's going to impact change on different things where and how we use this. Uh, customer service. So I also mentioned this last week as well. You probably have interacted with AI, whether you know it or not, just simply by going and getting uh, customer service support on different websites. Uh, we have had trained chat conversational bots for quite some time, and there's a very good chance that even though the person had a name, you were never speaking to the human to start with. That was a pure, that was a pure bot, pure customer service agent bot. I'm actually trying to build one right now for my website. Um, I could upload a few documents in the back end, train it to know and understand about my website so that if a person has a question, they would be talking to a trained bot on my website, my background, and could get some information. So it's very simple and easy to do. Plenty of tools exist like this already. And that's one of those other examples right there too of uh, where AI is there and it's nothing for us to fear. And Again, though, what we need to remember is what happens though, if there's a complicated issue? Well, this is where the human touch comes into play, and it is absolutely going to be necessary. And more important as well, your emotional intelligence, your EQ, is what's going to continue to set you apart, not just from other people, but from the AI tools. You can understand context. You, I hope, can empathize, and I hope that you can find creative solutions. If you're noticing the trend here, like I'm not even going to hide the fact any longer because I don't feel I'm doing anybody a service here. You have to get poignant with topics like this. And nobody likes to feel inferior and nobody wants to feel threatened, but sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. If you lack technological understanding, the world is about to turn on you. If you don't know how to actually connect with people, and how to show empathy and communicate and collaborate with people and actually be a team person. And if you don't know how to be creative, your whole existence can almost be replicated by a stupid artificial intelligence bot. So then it comes into what value are you bringing the workplace or whatever organization or entity you're a part of? I know this is harsh. But for too long, we have passed people along in jobs and we've moved and socially promoted students out of a school simply because they can answer the bare minimum. And in many cases, we just continue to pass them by anyhow. And for those that continue to be in jobs where they have not taken care of their coworkers, colleagues, and employees, and they've gotten to where they are because they were ruthless, I suppose that works. But so many elements of people's jobs now can be done by a bot 
and through some sort of a machine that you will be able to only separate yourself now from other humans based on how well you can actually put your human touch on in a way that is relatable to other people, which means they have to like you. First of all, you have to be relatable. This isn't going to be the jerk game anymore. Like you could just be an a-hole and get by and, and you're I'm not really sure that works anymore. Yeah, that's your unique touch. But it has to now be able to resonate and relate and separate yourself in the positive from other humans. Otherwise, your job can be outsourced to a machine. And so we have to just call a spade a spade here and just say, if you're not really actually taking these things serious and really trying to double down and learn, yeah, it's true. Your job is probably still going to be there tomorrow and you're going to be fine. But in the long game, I think that's where you're going to be at a major, major disadvantage significantly. Um, let's look at healthcare even for just a, one very brief second there. AI, as we know, one of the, one of the, the most instrumental areas, I believe, is in diagnosing uh, breast cancer or, or early breast cancer. And there's going to be so many pieces that continue to, to evolve there in AI uh, with regard to diagnostics and looking at data analysis and, and things like that. And, and these AI algorithms can really help doctors interpret uh, imaging and patterns and that type of thing. But thankfully for a career like medicine, uh, you're still going to want somebody that has fine motor skills and understands how to, in fact, do surgery. I'm sure we'll get to the day when a bot can be trained to do surgery, but there better surely be a trained doctor in that room, too. That's a human <laughs> to understand because they also are going to need to know emotional intelligence. And they're also going to need to know, you know, what to do in that complex decision that requires multiple you know, pieces. And they're going to know how to comfort me as a distressed patient, whereas a robot probably is not, you know, so I think in healthcare, customer service, some of these ends here, like we still see there is a symbiotic relationship. You got the machine, you got the person, we play into each other's advantages. So, you know, at the end of the day here, this AI is not just replacing tasks, it's enhancing. That's what we have to remember here. It's enhancing our skills. Um, in the other article that was in here, let's see, Meta, um, I thought this was pretty cool too. Meta uh, now has an open source program that uh, can recognize 4,000 languages, which is really cool. And uh, what's what's going to be also very, sorry, I'm kind of shifting gear here for a second, but what's really cool about this particular end is that when, when I was talking earlier about equity and trying to ensure that everybody has a seat at the table, what's really cool about this then is, is the fact that now with 4,000 languages recognizable, it can ensure that the languages that tend to be underrepresented in technology also now have a place in there too. So that is not going to necessarily just replace a linguist or a translator, but it absolutely is going to threaten the mundane tasks of a person that may only do translation. Um, however, you know, it could also really amplify their work, expanding their reach and making language technology even more accessible to others. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's an interesting piece. We, we can see how a tool like this now can absolutely 
threaten an entire industry, but it can also democratize access to technology, preserving languages like Gaelic, which are dying languages. And if linguists and translators and other folks use these tools that build upon a, you know, an open source program with 4,000 recognizable languages, just imagine how you can use that to your advantage. So it's, it's just interesting. You've got the pro and the con constantly. And uh, this is just yet another example of, of that piece for sure. Now, if we haven't figured this out, obviously, by this point, it's this notion that we don't need to battle and go to war. This isn't an AI versus human that's trying to figure out who's going to have supremacy. But going back to the reskilling, upskilling, which you're going to continue to hear me say over and over and over again, this is where as you learn how to lean into these tools and you, you allow it to be your partner, it's going to absolutely pay its dividends down the road. It, it's just, it, it's part of the AI driven economy. Now we will have to upskill reskill. If you have children, particularly, please do your part to try to help them uh, tinker with the toys and play with them a little bit, understand uh, as much as possible. Uh, it, it's going to, to be so necessary to refine those existing skills and knowledge to then match the demands that we're going to continue to see in this evolving landscape. And it's not just going to be the takeaway for today's episode, especially it isn't just technical skills. It's nurturing the human skills, the emotional intelligence skills, the, the soft skills in life, those emotional intelligences and creativity and critical thinking, those are going to be so necessary in order for that symbiotic relationship to occur. That's what's going to separate you from obviously being a machine. And that's what will keep you from being irreplaceable. You know, AI is going to probably dominate at crunching numbers and will dominate analyzing patterns and is already 10xing, 15xing, 20xing our life. But is it going to write a really compelling and awesome graduation speech? Maybe. Maybe. I hope that that human touch can make it a lot more heartfelt and a lot more personal and a lot more truly relevant. Will it really be able to, you know, help comfort a friend who just underwent, you know, loss or a breakup? I mean, I'm sure it can, but, you know, is the AI going to be able to, you know, a question I've always had is as smart as we think these tools are, not to go down a rabbit hole and digress for a second here, but can the AI actually start to create innovative solutions for an unprecedented problem? I kind of wonder about that. I don't know if it can do so there just yet. And so therefore that's, again, where the human touch and critical thinking is and the complexity. That's where you as a human come into play. And that's where your human skill continues to be so highly valued in this AI-driven era that it's as important as ever for us to, to double down on those. And it will allow us to use these tools even more effectively in our jobs. So um, the last piece that I wanted to touch on from today's newsletter uh, involved ethics. And 
you know, this is an area that I thought this was actually kind of interesting. I, I thought this existed already, but, you know, as we continue to forge into this AI driven world and we do talk about ethics quite a bit, I thought it was interesting. Ed Week ran an article highlighting what is known as educational ethics. And I, I guess this is a newer field. I should have known this after all the years in, in education I've got here in the field, but apparently this is relatively new and this is being pushed by a professor out at Harvard university. And the drive is to address the various ethical dilemmas that are now cropping up in schools. And many of these are being catalyzed by AI integration. So, you know, if you're wondering what exactly that might even mean or or look like. Well, if if we think about it, you know, there's questions, first off, right off the top, that if you're using an AI tool, is there data being collected? Is there a risk to student privacy or HIPAA, FERPA? These are acronyms that educators use quite a bit. You know, do, do, are your, it's your individual privacy for health and your, uh, just your overall student information and such being compromised in any way. Um, when we look at AI tools that are being used in the classroom, is it being done with fairness and equity and equality? Is there a bias? So we've been hearing about those different pieces uh, for sure. But you know, some of these go even a little bit further too, because then as we, we try to talk about you know, leveling the playing field for all students, is it possible that AI gives you know, an unfair advantage to some or don't. Um, it also went on a little bit further on a non-AI front, but just in general. I mean, we have, uh, well, just a highlight here in the bullet point, we have school mascot controversies, um, issues related to LGBTQ and uh, particularly different library books. And right now, those that are controlling the conversation tend to be the loudest. So whether it's the loudest education entity or the largest or loudest uh, parent lobbying group, those tend to be who dictates the conversation. What we really don't have is this educational ethicist perspective that might be able to help us move through these conversations. So I thought that was interesting because this is indicating that due to the growing complexities, this is in fact a growing part of the future of learning and the future of education. And so then tying it back into the technical, kind of wrap it all up, you know, as we continue to venture with these various technical skills and, and these innovative technologies, do we fully understand and do we know what the ethical standards are that ought to be associated with these particular tools? And uh, that's going to be something we cannot lose sight on, thus why many people have this uh, push there for educational ethicists. So one of the things I like to do is focus on the, the mindful front. And, you know, if you will humor me, but it's really not for me, it's truly for us. I think it's very important. Um, when people ask me, what do I do now? My question or my answer to the question is not about me. That's why I have a hard time answering it. It's really, how do I put it into a value add for who it is that I'm serving? And right now, the best way I can put it is I'm trying to empower. I'm trying to empower individuals 
to become future focused. And that's kind of tricky because that means there's not a product, there's not a service, there isn't just, you know, something you could sell to somebody for that. And as such, it is more of a community community that I'm trying to develop of folks that understand the complexities and, and the full piece. But with that too, I've come to learn that the more we can remove ourselves from the stresses and the unbelievable complexities that just bog us down so that we can actually focus and actually be present, the better prepared we actually can be to navigate through these challenging times and position ourselves or stay on the leading edge. And so it's vitally important that as much as possible, we integrate mindfulness into the work we do. And so as we kind of go through and wrap up this this episode today, I think it's going to be important whether you're driving, it's just in vision, but if you have that moment to truly, you know, just close your eyes and 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 try to focus for a second. It's very important for us to take a step back and immerse ourselves in the information from today so that we can reflect and then we could project and then we could begin to escape from the noise of the external world listening to your actual subconscious your thoughts here so if you begin to imagine yourself in the near future and you're in a world where AI has become even more ingrained in your daily life. What does that look like for you? And it's important to begin to picture your workplace. Could be an office, could be a classroom, it could be a hospital, could be at your home. But begin to notice how AI and automation is integrating seamlessly into your work. How it aids you. How it frees you from mundane tasks. And it's important to visualize this. Because what you're envisioning are the positive elements. How does that enhance your work? Can it help you manage your time better and more efficiently? Can it automate repetitive tasks? And now you can focus on the more complex and the creative elements of your job. And now consider skills that you might need to acquire, to adapt, and to thrive. What skills are you envisioning you're going to need? Is it coding? Is it AI ethics, as we discussed? 
Is it refining your communication or your critical thinking skills? Do you need to develop greater empathy? Feel the thrill. Feel the thrill of mastering the new ability. Fast forward. You have the ability already. And you have the pride because you can continually evolve and you're continually adapting. And then last, we're going to imagine how you can do all of this with ethics. Looking out for yourself and your well-being and everybody around you. Now, this exercise is obviously the antithesis of sparking fear. This is to help ignite flames of curiosity or adaptability, resilience. So as as you open your eyes, if you haven't done so already, and you return to that present, that's what you want to carry with you. Keep those elements in mind as you work toward reskilling and upskilling and continuing to better your life personally and professionally, utilizing these amazing breakthrough technologies. Now, with that, uh, we're going to begin to to draw uh, this to a close. So, again, just take that step back and absorb everything that we've talked about today so far. The future of AI is not something that's simply happening to us. We, we're actively shaping it. And we're doing it every day with our actions and our decisions. So very important to know if that is the case and if that's true, then we're talking a long game here. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Now the race is on, but it's not as if you have to accomplish and endure all of these things immediately. Little bits and pieces at a time over the hall. And if you're eager to stay ahead of that curve, And to understand all of these nuances of the changes that we continue to experience and see, and you want to do so and navigate it successfully, I absolutely encourage you to continue to join us on on this journey. Uh, You can subscribe to whichever channel you are part of today, if you have not already done so. We can continue to do that exploration for sure. If you have not yet become a subscriber, I encourage you to head over to Leading to newsletter.jamesbrower.com, newsletter.jamesbrower.com. This is a free, it's a free newsletter. Every single day I put out a new story uh, that includes a timely piece highlighting the future of work, the future of technology, and the future of learning. I try to weave it together and put it all together. And every single episode, just like today's here, will then go a little bit deeper to provide you with some 
more specific and in-depth information. And I ensure that there are coaching pieces and different advice pieces in every single newsletter. It's not enough to just learn information. We need to learn how to apply it or how we can leverage it. So I try to make sure that every one of these episodes has, or editions has uh, the coaching advice pieces in there. And please do, if you are a subscriber, always give us a little ranking here because that will help us know uh, for myself and any of our writers to know where exactly, um, you know, where's your sentiment? Is it helping you? You can also be sure to subscribe to us on LinkedIn and definitely our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel currently has uh, just over 500 subscribers. Uh, in the past week, we have grown uh, nearly 5%, 7%, which is awesome. Uh, I tremendously thank you. Um, and it's really been helping us gain some greater traction because as you like, as you comment, as you share, uh, that engagement really does uh, give a boost to these algorithms on each of the channels. So I really, really do thank you. Uh, the growth has been incredible, especially the past two weeks so far on all of our social media channels, but particularly the uh, newsletter subscribers and the YouTube. So thank you so very much for sure. Uh, it's a community. And what's awesome about it is that it's a community of very curious minds and folks that are wanting to shape a better future. And that's the best part. And uh, I do have a goal in mind of what I'd like to introduce next. And that's where we can ensure that we're not just discussing AI, we're discussing how we as individuals, a community, as a society will adapt and thrive in that AI era. So do be on the lookout because I have a project in mind that is about to be rolled out and that will also help ensure that we can utilize these tools responsibly and ethically for sure. Um, so yeah, your thoughts, your experiences, your ideas are invaluable. So please do let us, let me know. I, I'll be sure to incorporate or integrate them into our future uh, episodes or newsletter editions for sure. And uh, it would be my pleasure to uh, continue to keep this community rolling. So thank you much. Till we do meet again, of course, keep learning, keep growing. Remember, you're not a passive spectator. You are actively shaping uh, the collective AI future for us all. So feel the power that comes with it and uh, use it, embrace it uh, to, to your advantage, to our advantage. Until our next episode, I am James Brower. As always, uh, let's go out, connect, learn, and share.